Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Hey, on today's episode, we're talking about how entrepreneurship and business ownership is a 10-year game. Throughout any misconceptions you have or what, frankly, a savvy digital marketer has told you about this being an overnight success story, if you're in it for the long haul, we're going to be talking about it today. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for joining me today, and I appreciate you listening to another episode as we talk about really how to grow your business, the real, honest, tangible work that goes into growing your business. And I was explaining to someone today, you know, there's not a lot of theory on this show or in the work that I do. If you're not familiar, by the way, I run a separate business called Good Advice, And like the Good Advice podcast, I work with business owners to really give them the tools, the systems, the processes so that they can effectively scale their business. And, um, you know, whenever we do that kind of work or whenever I'm recording another episode of the podcast, there's really not a lot of academic insights here. You know what I mean by that is for me, what's always made sense in business is simply what always has made sense. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like whenever you talk to someone about being a better a better boss or a better manager, or when I'm like working with someone who's wanting to just do a better job with their team, I'm usually not asking them like their philosophy of like this incredibly in the weeds concept on leadership. I'm not saying, hey, what did you think of chapter four of you know, and then I quote some like deep textbook on, on, you know, leadership philosophies or anything like that. Um, typically what I'm talking about is I say things like, Hey, so tell me about like your latest employee who just quit. So what, what was y'all's relationship like? Why did they quit? Why did they tell you they quit versus why do you think they really quit? And so these kinds of conversations are meant to be very tangible, very actionable. And I say that because I want to talk about something today that, again, it makes sense to me and it feels very obvious. And yet it's, it's a walking contradiction of some of the stuff, some of the content that's getting shared consistently on social media. So what do I mean by this? If you are an average business owner and an average entrepreneur, and you venture onto um, Facebook, maybe even LinkedIn. LinkedIn honestly is not as bad. And it's one of the reasons why I really like LinkedIn. Instagram, though, maybe TikTok, I'm not sure. But if you venture on one of these platforms, typically what you see is, especially if you've been in entrepreneurship for a while and the algorithm has sort of tailored content to you, Typically, what you see is someone who says something along the lines of, 
Hey, I'm Blake. Are you wanting to get more customers? Well, I have just the answer for you. How would you like, and here's also what kind of what's a bit annoying about this is there is, um, you know, usually some kind of ask that is just insane that, that no one would ever say no to, but it's kind of like a, it's a disingenuous question. So here's a great example. Like, sorry, this is the example within the, in the example, by the way. But if I was like to have a conversation with you and I said, Hey, how would you like to make an additional $10 million per year? Would that be great? No one is going to, I mean, other than people who have like deep moral beliefs about money or, you know, or maybe minimalists and just, you know, want to rid themselves of wealth. 99% of people are going to be like, yeah, of course I want 10 million more dollars. So me asking that question is a disingenuous question because, because I, it's designed really to get you to affirm to me in my sales process, then to, then it to be like an actual genuine question, you know, in a sales conversation, a lot of these questions aren't just me luring you into my sales process. They should be educating you, informing you. And frankly, as a salesperson, it should be helping me validate if you are even my right kind of buyer. I think that's something that we often find out very quickly in business is that not buy, not every buyer is equal, even if they'll all pay you the amount you're asking for. Some people just aren't good buyers. And I don't mean like hard to work with, although some people can be like that. I mean, different values, different perspectives on business. If, if my perspective, I was in a sales meeting the other day and I told someone, Hey, you know, I just want you to know, uh, we were talking about a management system that they were trying to create. And I said, I, Hey, I, I just think you should know if we end up working together that my perspective on annual reviews is that they're pretty, pretty much a waste of time. I think annual reviews are a total waste. I think they're ineffective. I think meaningful reviews happen week to week consistently, and they often happen informally and they happen mutually, right? So it's not like the boss who says, uh, you know, Hey, let's have a conversation. I want to give you the compliment sandwich, which is also another thing that I totally dislike, but it's the availability for the employee to sit down with the boss and say, Hey, you really haven't been a good boss lately. You really haven't equipped me to be the kind of person that to, to be as effective as you want me to be. These are things that we would hope would happen at a business, right? And so it's, it's one of the reasons why I really don't like annual reviews. Well, I mentioned this, or I might frame it as like, hey, what would you think about a management system that doesn't have annual reviews? I might frame it that way because I'm asking questions not to disingenuously lure them into the sale. I want to know, is this person in line with my own values? Do we see things the same way? And if we don't, then we shouldn't work together because no matter how much they're willing to pay, this is someone who's ultimately going to be dissatisfied with the final product and frankly is going to leave you a bad review. They're not going to be a repeat buyer. They're not going to be a, a raving fan. They're going to be a one-off. And the people in their circle, they're going to actively talk about how you weren't what they thought you were. So a lot of times on social media, you see these kinds of questions. Hey, how would you like to get, I just saw one earlier today, 40 to 60 high paying clients per month. 
And which, again, some people have fair answers to that. No, I'm not ready for that. Uh, I'm not, we haven't scaled to serve that many customers. Things like that are totally fine, by the way. But for the most part, it's a disingenuous question. It's to evoke an emotion that gets me hungry about the idea of more revenue, more money in my pocket, and the growth of my business. See, what I've noticed is, (coughs) excuse me. What I've noticed is in these conversations, and this is a lot on social media, by the way. I mean, if you scroll through and if you've been an entrepreneur long-term or a business owner, you've probably seen quite a few of these. I've realized this is the majority of content on social media in in this lane. It's, hey, if you want to get these customers, if you want to make more money, if you want to do X, Y, and Z, well, I have a really simple answer to tell you how to do that. And these people typically sell something uh, you know, I saw one, probably one of the most offensive ones I saw was a guy who said how I generated something like $6 million in income, uh, or excuse me, in pure profit from one email. And it's like, okay, let's see this email, right? Let's see God's gift to the sales world, um, through this email. But this person is basically supposing that, hey, just this one email, that's all I did. I sent this one email and I generated $6 million in revenue. So I'm seeing this kind of conversation happen on a consistent basis. I'm seeing these ads pop up consistently. And I got to be honest with you, it really bothers me. It bothers me because it's in direct contradiction to these other data points that I have. So I want to tell you real quick about the kind of person who typically comes on the podcast. If you've looked at the podcast, and I haven't always done a good job of this because I'm at the point now with the podcast where for the most part, people come to me. For the most part, people come to me and say, hey, I want to be on your show. Or it's like a third-party service that says, hey, so-and-so has paid us to put them on shows. What do you? This is this person's bio. Would they be a good fit? Do you want them on the podcast? Let us know. And that's probably about 80% of the people who come on the podcast, which isn't a, an issue. I look it over and say, yeah, it seems like a good enough. It seems like they're doing good stuff. And then the other 20% are people who I just really admire, um, which by the way, 2022, the guests who are coming on so far, um, I've booked probably five or six just amazing people. And these are people that I personally asked and was like, oh my gosh, you would be incredible. Uh, so I'm really excited for those guests. But getting to the point. A lot of people come on the show, and for the most part, they are genuine, they're sincere, and they talk about this journey of entrepreneurship that I can only describe as a 10-year game. It It's the 10-year game of business ownership. And I say that really deliberately because I I keep having these conversations with people who I was just at at an event on Tuesday. We do this weekly growth group meetup where if you're a business owner, you can come talk about your business and it's more than it's more than just networking. It's like we're actually exchanging ideas and like gathering insights from one another. And hey, I have a really I have a problem customer right now. I'm having a really tough time with this customer. Does anyone have any ideas? Like that's kind of, it's, it's almost kind of as like this, um, this mastermind-esque feel to it. And I just put it on. I don't run it. I just, I mean, I run it, but I don't, I'm not presenting. It's just, we're getting together and talking. Well, I have this woman who comes to um, the event on Tuesday and she runs this amazing business and so amazing. In fact, that 
not only have uh, this business that started out as a side hustle that she was doing a couple hours a week, she had a new baby and, and I'll go ahead and tell you it's, it's a um, in-home professional organizer is what she does. So it starts as a side hustle. And now at this point, fast forward now in her business, she now has, um, I hear my kid crying in the background. I don't know if you can hear it too, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm going to assume she's okay unless I hear my wife scream at me. Then I'll know that something's bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this person has now grown their business to a full-time job. I think 13 employees, full-time employees, and three locations for the business. This, this business operates in Northwest Arkansas, Kansas City, and Salt Lake City, Utah. So these are like major, these are major places that this person has expanded to. And also at this event, I had a couple other people who had just started their business. So one of them said, Hey guys, like any advice? Like I'm just, I, all I've done is I've made the website. So like, what advice do you have? So this woman, uh, who's going to come on the show, by the way, in 2022, this woman basically talks about the journey from going from two hours a day excuse me, two hours a week. She talks about, this woman talks about coming on, man, I'm all over the place. This woman shares about spending two hours a week on her business as a side hustle with a new baby at home and the steps it took to get her to now a major business, over a dozen employees, three locations nationwide, I mean, the opportunity there is just endless. It's pretty incredible. And she shares the story. Now, what she doesn't say is she doesn't say, I had one customer. I, I, I had one customer who just changed everything. She also doesn't say, I ran one ad. I sent one email. I put up one landing page. I created one funnel. I made one post on LinkedIn or social media. I ran one ad. She didn't say any of that stuff. Instead, she detailed the steps across 10 years that got her to where she is today. 10 years of business ownership. I was really struck by the story, and I'll tell you why. I had someone else on the podcast, uh, Trevor Krotz, who runs uh, Buddy Rest. It's a, a dog mattress company, basically, or a, a dog bed company, excuse me. And he's telling the story, and this this company, by the way, has grown to be this incredible business uh, with all sorts of products and uh, brands involved in it. And he tells me the story, and he says something very similar. He says, yeah, from idea to origination of the business to where we are now as a multi-million dollar brand, it took about 10 years. I had someone else on the podcast last year, or maybe two years ago, uh, Dr. Uh, I think it was Koresh, uh, Mad oh my gosh, Madahi, I think. And he's a dentist. He's a cosmetic dentist out of Beverly Hills, has all these amazing customers, um, uh, you know, celebrities. He's been on The Doctors. He's been on uh, CNBC, all these different shows. He tells me the story. And, you know, some of this kind of reputation with this uh, resume, I'm expecting someone to get behind the microphone, get behind the camera and say, oh yeah, it's so easy. I'm amazing. It's great. Because that's what a lot of people do 
is they get on camera and they say, oh my gosh, running a business, it's it just it just worked for me. I don't know. It was so natural. It was so easy. And hey, by the way, you can do it too. Buy my course. Click the link to buy my course. Well, he comes on the podcast and he tells the story about grinding away, working hard, <clears throat> and that how it was incredibly challenging, an incredible struggle. And he adds this one little detail. He says, Blake, most doctors in my industry, it takes them five years to become successful. For me, and this is the guy who's been on all these TV shows, celebrity um, customers, incredible business. He says, it took most doctors five years. For me, it took me 10 years. So I'm getting all these data points. And this, by the way, is just, it's a drop in the bucket of the number of stories that I've heard from business owners who've come on, who run seven, eight figure brands, and who keep telling me the story of the 10 year game. I'm like, what is this 10 year game? What What's going on here? Because, because my perception when I started my business was I'm going to start it. I'm going to launch it. I'm going to get my first customers and I'm going to be a multimillionaire within a year. And that's literally what I thought was I knew how, how much of a freaking rock star I was. I knew how much I believed in what I was doing. And I thought one year I'm going to make my first million. Well, I'm in, I'm in year uh, three now. I just finished year three. I started year four. I'm nowhere near a million dollars, not even close. I can't, you, I can't even sneeze in the direction of a million dollars. I mean, it is so far away. But I've had to learn things in this process. I've had to learn how, how do you really sell? And I don't mean like sell in the sense of like, um, like sales hacks, like don't say this, but instead say that. I don't mean gimmicks like um, getting them to affirm early so that their psyche is more open to whatever you're selling. I had to really lean into my customer messaging. How do I describe my services? How do I just, and, I, and, and by the way, I'm not there yet either. You know, this, this, this thing is a continual process, but I had to learn about how do I describe my product? How do I describe my services? What does it look like to work with my customers? What does it look like to engage with them and listen to their problems and then understand how do I really solve those problems? Not just make a sale, but permanently solve that problem so they don't have that issue anymore. You know, where I'm not getting them right to the point and then just re-upping them on another on another contract, right? These are things I've really had to learn. I have to learn time management, what to focus on, what not to focus on. I mean, the podcast, when I first started it, for the podcast, I was doing something like, um, I mean, I would spend maybe one or two hours per episode. Like I would, I would record the episode, and then I would listen through the whole thing, sometimes twice. And these episodes were about 45 minutes to an hour. And a lot of times they were just me on the microphone, by the way. But especially even when I got guests on the show, um, <clears throat> I would listen to the podcast. I would go through and I would um, manually edit it. So for some reason, if I was like recording an episode and I leaned back from the microphone and then I maybe I or maybe I leaned too close to the microphone, right? <laughs> you know, where my voice was just, you know, popping right in your ear. I would go through the podcast and I would edit that specific part. I'd say, oh, let's, let's, you know, amplify this. Let's reduce that. Um, you know, okay, there's that one. My S was a little sharp. So let's get a de -esser. 
Um, let's get a um, softer P on that part. And I would really do that for, um, I mean, the entire show, right? So it's been like, you know, two or three hours on it. Well, I had to learn that for a business that sells services to business owners in the sense of, you know, we're going to develop your business so that you can scale. Spending two to three hours per episode isn't the smartest use of my time. I had to learn to let go of some things and how not to spend my time and to be frankly okay with done being better than perfect, right? I mentioned this because going back to the woman who was on the sh- who uh, excuse me who was at this event on Tuesday who was talking about her 10-year game, she had a very similar story. She said something along the lines of, you know, I didn't know anything about business. I knew in-home organizing, but I knew nothing about business. So I had to learn about contracts. I had to learn about, um, or maybe she didn't say, I can't remember. I can't remember if she actually does contracts, but I had to learn about, you know, um, P&Ls and bookkeeping and sending invoices and, you know, managing employees. Oh my gosh. You know, managing your first employee, taking on your first 1099 and converting that to your first employee getting up to 10 employees, like all of this stuff is, um, and she's even someone who she's doing a lot of great work with uh, some of our local suppliers, uh, some of our, our local businesses that are bringing in new employees. So like, how do I manage corporate relationships? These are all things that she said, I had no idea how to do these things, but I learned how to do these things. And that's kind of the takeaway I have for you today is understand that if your business isn't where it needs to be. It may not mean that you are deeply broken in your business. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily selling something that no one wants. It could mean that you are in the early stages of momentum that if you just keep after it, this thing's going to work. It's going to click. Now I have to balance this because it's, and I don't mean to speak out of both sides of my mouth here. Because I have talked to people who they have been in business for four, five, six years, and they're talking about this in the sense of like, yep, just waiting for it to take off. But one look at the business, it's like, okay, there's no way this thing has longevity to it. I've told the story of the guy who sold the bedazzled leather wristbands. He had been in business for two or three years. And I was like, man, I just don't know. I don't know if this has a place to go from here. Like, I'm gonna be really honest with you. And I've talked to other people too where, you know, they had a valid product idea, but they just couldn't get out of their own way. And until they were willing to get out of their own way, the business really wasn't going to go anywhere. So I think the takeaway from this then is it's, it's always being hungry for the improvement of what can I do different? What can I do better? What can I um, grow in and educate myself in? But in terms of the mental game, of business. Like that's really what I want to address. We know that entrepreneurship is lonely. We know that it's difficult. We know that when you don't have a boss and it's on you to show up every day, it can be pretty tough. So I think there's comfort in remembering this is a 10 year game. It's not an overnight story. So not an overnight success story. And I'll be honest with you, people who describe it as such, they, some of them are lying to you. Many of them are not telling you the whole story. I had a guy that I knew, he was a marketer, multi-million dollar marketer. This is probably why he was a multi-million dollar marketer. But 
He told a version of his story as an overnight success story, really an over month success story of, I had this idea, I did it, I launched it, and here I am, multimillionaire. Well, as I became friends with him and got to know him a little bit better, I came to find out actually he had been working on this product, he had launched this product, and he had actually launched it several times and he had been iterating it for about the last six or seven years. And I thought to myself, why did he tell it as that launching month story? Why do any of us tell the version of our success as this you know, meteoric rise to fame and it just clicked and it was just easy? I think it's because sometimes we are so obsessed with our own legitimacy, our own credibility. We know that imposter syndrome is so prolific across many of us. I mean, we, we, I've never met someone actually who hasn't mentioned that they've been through it in some way. And so I, to sort of assuage our deepest insecurities, we tell people it's easy. It's great. It's no problem. It's cake, right? Instead of it was a grueling, painful, difficult process. I think when we don't tell that version of the story, and it's, it's, by the way, it's why I'm so grateful so many people have come on the show and told that version. I think when we don't do that, it causes entrepreneurs out there who actually do have a meaningful product, they have a meaningful solution to a pain that customers are facing. The world never knows about it because they can't simply move past the the personal pain, the personal struggle of, am I qualified? Am I good enough? Am I doing the right thing? It's, it's year two and I'm not a multimillionaire. I guess I should quit. This is a weird episode for me, I'll be honest, because I'm a fan of direct feedback. I'm a fan of the honest truth. And I'm a bit hesitant to be that guy who just shares deep affirmations and, you know, just think it and it'll happen to you. Uh, and, and this is things, these are things that I can improve on, by the way, I could be a more positive person, but I'm also just not that person in the sense of, you know, if your business is broken, I'm going to probably tell you it's broken rather than just be, you know, yeah, keep after it, man. You got it because I don't want to see you in more pain, Right. So this episode's a bit strange for me because I do feel like my message is encouragement today. I do feel like it is, hey, keep after it. This thing, you have to understand how hard this thing of entrepreneurship is. You have to recognize how painful and challenging and difficult and grueling and the amount of perseverance it takes to show up day after day after day, remembering that you don't have a boss who's checking on you. You don't have someone who is seeing when you clocked in or clocked out. You have no one who's evaluating and measuring your work on a daily basis. The only person doing that is you. So how are you going to show up every day? That's my encouragement for you. How are you going to show up every day? And I think when you think about, am I willing to do this for 10 years? Am I willing to get engaged in this for 10 years? Sure, there's... You know, there is a, this magic behind what I'd be willing to be challenged for 10 years to be financially free, 
10 years from now? Sure. But I think a, a stronger pull is how much do you really care about your customers? How much do you really care about the people you're helping? And I don't mean that in an overly mission-focused way. I don't mean it in an overly, um, you know, our product is deeply changing lives when it's like, okay, you sell a bucket of water. I, I don't know, I'm making it up. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to make your business more meaningful than it really is. But for me, honestly, what gets me up in the morning is knowing I help someone. I help someone in their business. I help their livelihood. That's the magic of, of, of what excites me about the business. And so when I think about the 10-year game, sure, it's valuable to me, but that's not the fuel. That's not enough fuel to keep me going. The fuel is knowing where people's businesses can be 10 years from now. Where could someone's lives be a decade from now? That's the magic. That's the power. So if you're getting into this 10-year game, you better hope about you better care and hope for the best for your customers. Otherwise, I don't know if you have enough energy to make it over the next 10 years. And if you do, credit to you. But most importantly, just know what you're getting into. Know what this journey really looks like. And don't get carried away by the stories that you hear on social media. And don't fall into the trap of comparison. You know, you're in year three of the business. I mean, I, I am in year four of my business. A friend of mine just started their business and they are taking off. I mean, now this is a second business. He's also been nurturing this business as a side hustle for quite a while now. So there's a lot of details there that are important, but his business has taken off. It'd be easy for me to look at him and say, not just be jealous, but fall into the trap of comparison and miss the point that we're on our separate journeys. And ultimately, if I get lost in the details of comparison, I'm going to deprive myself of the real work that I need to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis to actually get me to where I want to go. And I'm going to deprive my customers of the services that I can provide for them. So all that to say, all that to say stay encouraged, stay hungry, and remember, it's a 10-year game. So know what you're getting into. And I wish you the best. And don't forget, hey, if you need some help along the way, you can always check out the podcast. You can check out our LinkedIn. Uh, I think I'm going to do YouTube at some point. I don't know. And uh, you can send me an email. I can always give you an extra hand. So by the way, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget we're on Patreon. You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash good advice to find out more. We'd love to have you as a sponsor for the podcast. You can check out all that information there on the show or on the, on the webpage. And other than that, hey, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you supporting the podcast. And that's today's good advice. Catch you later. See ya.